Welcome to the MPC Podcast. I am Tim W. Gill, pastor of Medora Pentecostal Church, and I'm thrilled that you've joined us today. Here at MPC, we are committed to bringing hope and building lives. One way we do that is through this podcast. Thank you for listening, for sharing and reviewing what we do here. It is our desire to connect with you, and you can find us on Facebook, or you can find us at our website, medorachurch.com. It is our prayer that today's message inspires you, encourages you, and that the kingdom of God is advanced in your life. Let's get right to the word of the Lord today. We're going to talk about knowledge tonight. You want some knowledge? I need some knowledge. I never run out. Never run out. I want to gain some more. I'm arguing with myself, debating with myself. Uh, I don't know exactly why in a way I do, but I got to studying about this. I was reminded of something I did in school. And you know that's been a long time ago. But anyway, I, I was, you know, talk about studying, understanding or acquiring under, a knowledge or understanding of things. And uh, I'm not going to brag a whole lot about my school, uh, schooling. But anyway, there was a time when a, a buddy of mine, you live right down the road from me, I'm going to tell it and hope it doesn't turn you off too much. But anyway... It's, it's, it's kind of dangerous to reveal secret things. But anyway, we had this uh, examination come test coming up. And so help me, I can't remember what it was all about. And I don't understand it. I don't remember exactly how it, came about, how it was carried out. But our teacher was giving us tests. And this, my friend, my buddy, evidently hadn't studied. And that turned me off because I studied, and uh, or I thought I did. But anyway, he asked me if I'd help him with the answers, and I was foolish enough to say I would. So we worked out a code. He sat right behind me back here in, the, in his chair and desk, and we decided that if it was a true or false test, one of them kind, and we decided. If it was true, I'd hold one finger down. If it was false, I'd hold two fingers down. And anyway, we went through that test. True, false. Every time it was true, every time, I told you I probably shouldn't tell this on. So I, I was just mad at him, I guess, upset at him. You on me think you ought to know the answers to these questions. So every time, every time it was true, <clears throat> every time it's false, I don't remember ever figuring out what, how much, what kind of grade he made. He might have made a better grade than me. I don't know, but but anyway. 
I don't know exactly what that's got. To, that, that's, that's been on my mind a lot today. So I, I got it off my mind now. So I hope you don't feel any less of me than you did. I am human after all. <clears throat> but anyway, we're, we're studying about knowledge this evening. Uh, we've been studying about the characteristics of a Christian and certainly this one fits into that category. Uh, there are too many people that don't know what they think they know. There are too many people when it's available to us, the word of God's available to us, and we'll f find a place in here in our study where we're emphasized to study, study, study. As a child of God, especially those of us who've been around for a while, you ought to be able to tell somebody how to be saved. You ought to be able to tell somebody where it tells you how to be baptized and the need and necessity of receiving the Holy Spirit. So, so knowledge is an important characteristic of a child of God. Well, I didn't get any amens with that, but... Anyway, my text is Second Peter chapter 1 in that uh, passage of Scripture where Peter said, uh, beside this giving all diligence, add to the, your faith, you want to so on down. And in that he included the uh, word knowledge, beside this, beside this. The Lord remits our sins from us when we're baptized in his name. We have the honor and the privilege of being born into the family of God. When we receive the Holy Ghost, uh, Paul in Ephesians 4.30 said, It sealed us unto the day of redemption. So we're covered. Now that we're in the body, we're in the church, it's up to us now. God's given us the Holy Ghost, given us the Holy Ghost. He's remitted our sins. But it's up to us now to add to what he has given to us. We're not to remain a child. Remember Paul talked about how that when he ought to have been teaching the Corinthians some meat, they, ought, they need to be a bottle, need to be bottle fed. I'm kind of tangling it up, but Paul admonished the Corinthians. He got under the Christians at Corinth because they were not growing, growing in the Lord. But I, I found something that Spurgeon said that fits right into this category, I think. Mr. Spurgeon, the noted uh, Bible teacher many years ago, he said, God sends every bird his food, but he don't throw it into their nest. God sends every bird his food, but he doesn't throw it into the nest. So God has given us his word, but he's not going to put it in here. That's what we've got to do. That's what we've got to do. And when we come up to a situation, a problem, and I remember one time, this has been many moons ago as well, when uh, uh, I was sitting between two people and we got to talking about the Bible or something, and I remember them referring, or some of us referring to the book of Joshua. And I can remember my embarrassment as I sat there and begin to thumb through the Bible to find the book of Joshua. That embarrassed me. It ought to have. It ought to have. That uh, we should know 
where Joshua is. You should know where Hezekiah is too, you know. <clears throat> yeah, he's, he's a king. <laughs> That's where he is. But anyway, the ways of God, the work of God, the ways of God, they, they must be taught. The Bible tells us that humans are by nature the children of wrath. We don't just automatically pick up the ways of God. You've got to receive them. You've got to be taught them. We've got to understand them. We must have instruction and pity the person that refuses to be uh, listen to be taught. And if they just think they don't need it, they're never going to grow in the Lord. They're not going to develop the godly nature and the characteristic of a true child of God. I mentioned there are two ways in which we may obtain knowledge. Number one, we can retain knowledge or understand and receive knowledge by the, the Lord giving it to us, if you will, by the Spirit. As Jesus, in two places in John chapter 14, verse 26, he said, The Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he will, shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. Now, the important part here, the Lord's talking to his apostles, his disciples mainly. And the, I think the, the, the important statement or phrase in this verse of Scripture is that I'll bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. If you don't get the word of God in here or here or whatever, it's not going to come out when you need it. It's like the computer system. It brings out what you feed into it or uh, put into it or whatever. And also in John 16 and 13, Jesus said again, Howbeit when he, the spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you into all truth. For he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. So again, it's emphasizing it's the spirit that teaches us it's the spirit that directs us but uh how are we in relation to the spirit of god and fellowship with god the second place that's vitally important as well is the teaching and receiving understanding and knowledge through the ministry of the word through the teaching it's it's not enough just to read the bible we've got to be willing to have someone under, that understands it Tell us about it. Explain it to us. I, I was reminded of the occasion in the book of Acts 8 where the eunuch, you remember the story, on his way back to Ethiopia from Jerusalem, Philip was told to go, go join that, that chariot. And he found the eunuch reading uh, from the prophet Isaiah. And the eunuch was all confused. He said, Philip, who's this man talking about? What's he talking about? He's talking about himself or what is he talking about? And so he says, Philip asked him, you know, and he said, well, how can I know? How can I understand until someone guides me, someone directs me, someone tells me? And that's where Philip came in place and began to tell the eunuch about what Isaiah was talking about. So again, let us... I don't care if you've got a DDHD, PhD, and an XYZ. We, we need the teaching of God's Word. Amen. 
we need to be susceptible to the Spirit and the moving of the Lord and hungry for the Word of God. There have been people who are willing to search the Scriptures but not willing to submit to teaching. And, I, and when I read through that and put that in, in, put that in uh, black and white on the paper, I thought of someone, not going to mention their name, but I thought of someone that, that uh, we are acquainted with who refuses, has refused to sit down and take counsel and listen to the teaching of the Word of God by the pastor, the man of God, and he is so confused today, it's ridiculous. If we're not willing to listen, and God has not put men in position just to fill a position. There's a reason for evangelists and pastors and teachers and prophets and, and apostles, as Paul tells us in Ephesians 3. And so instead of finding life in the word, the word becomes a snare to them. They pick up strange things and become deluded and enmeshed in error. If we refuse to listen and ignore the guides that God has provided for us, then whose fault is it if we become confused or lose the way except ourselves? We're all to blame. I mentioned as well tonight that the word itself, uh, uh, knowledge, comes from the word gnosis, Gnosis, it means knowing primarily or seeking to know. It, it comes from, a, from a, a Greek word, the root word there, again, osiko, which Paul uh, Strong tells us uh, it means to know absolutely in a great, great variety of applications. And when he used the term absolutely, absolutely, and, and which struck my fancy ideal, if you will, because again, I have talked to people, and probably you have as well, that are religious. Religious. I've talked to people that said, you know, and, and that have visited our services as an evangelist and try to talk to them about this truth. And their excuse was, I've gone to this church over here for so many years. I'm not going to leave it. I'm not going to leave it. Well, when we know absolutely... And if there's any hesitation on our part what salvation is, we need to become absolutely sure. Am I saved? Absolutely. Absolutely. Amen. You've all heard, I say you all, many of you heard the story that's been told through the years. Brother J. Frank Wilson, uh, the well-known, of course he's been gone now to be with the Lord for many years, but he has told the story over and over about receiving the Holy Ghost in his barn out from his house, and I've told it probably here a time or two or three or four or five or six or whatever. But anyway, he told how that he went to the barn to pray for the Holy Ghost, and he began to speak with tongues. He said he got up, and he started back to the house, and the devil started saying, you didn't speak in tongues. You didn't receive it. And said, so he upset, got upset, went back to the barn, prayed some more. The Lord spoke to him again. He began speaking tongues. He got up. Started back to the house, same old, same old. The devil saying, you didn't receive the Holy Ghost. You didn't talk in tongues. You just think you did, thought you did. So Brother Wilson said he went back. I'm almost sure I got this right. The third time to the barn, prayed again. 
God mercifully blessed him again. He spoke in tongues. He said, that third time I got up and I ran to the house. <laughs> I know I did. I know I did. <laughs> so how do, how do we acquire better knowledge, a greater knowledge, an understanding of God's word? Well, it, it's, 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 it's simple, but it's great. Study. 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 Listen. Paul said in Timothy, uh, 2 Timothy 2.15, to his son in the gospel, study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. God, help us to be so full of your word. Help us to be so full of your spirit that we'll not be ashamed to stand up on, on, on Hallelujah Square down in the middle of Medora and say, I'm a child of God. I'm not ashamed to pray uh, for my, my food in the restaurant. I'm not ashamed to let it be known. I have the Holy Ghost. I'm a child of God. I believe the Bible is the Word of God. I remember as well in lesson, studying this lesson. It's not in your book, but it will be later maybe. But anyway, I remember uh, as evangelizing. I came upon an elder in the gospel that I took a liking to and he kind of took a liking to me. Very precious man, praying man and whatever. But he gave me some advice. While one day he said, Brother Walls, if you will visit the libraries on your travels and search out the books written by these old timers, written by old ministers years and years ago and some of them even a century or two ago, so they'll probably be back in the back corner somewhere of the library and he said, if you will do this and just read those books and writings, he said, you will acquire a knowledge of the word of God and the workings of God that you will, will do you just as good, if not better, than if you attended a Bible college somewhere. Well, I took his word and I traveled as we traveled for seven years evangelizing. And when I'd go from place to place, I'd search out that library in that town and the books were back in that back dusty part scob, uh, cob, uh, spider webs that's the word spider webs and everything but I've read so many of those books those old timers of past past years many years ago past centuries and uh, again I think it made me smarter I'm not asking for opinions. I'm just, you know, <laughs> I appreciate it. And, and I fell in love with, with those old timers. I know these new writers are good. I know one or my, one, at least myself, that's good. But, <laughs> but these old timers, there's just something unique about them. Right. Something unique. Right. Brother Joe David Sizemore got me connected with a, a publication in... Uh, England, London, I believe it was. Anyway, it's called the Lamp Press, and it just printed out like a, a mimograph machine or something, a listing of books, old books. And that's where I got a lot of James Hastings, those old books in my library. I remember hearing a preacher uh, talking about uh, Parker. I believe it was Parker that uh, said, it, Joseph Parker, yeah. And he said, you need to buy these books. If nothing else, for the prayers. 
He has a big, big old long prayer before every chapter. Well, I, I bought those books, 14 volumes altogether in that set. But anyway, there's just something about it. If, if you have an interest, desire in knowing the Word of God, dig it. Dig at it. Study it. Pray it. I, I, I remember as well hearing something many years ago, and I'd only heard parts, and I used to try to quote it, but I wasn't quoting it right because I, I didn't know it right. But I found it. I found who wrote it, uh, and I, I don't know where I found it. You probably already knew it, but if you, if, if, if you do, great. That makes two of us now. But anyway, there was a man by the name of Ivan Gabriel. And I don't know if I'm pronouncing his first name right or not. How would you pronounce I-B-N? Uh, sounds good enough to me to say Ivan. Hey, Ib. But anyway, Gabriel, he wrote something in Choice of Pearls. And when I begin to write, uh, read this, you'll, you'll get the connection. But he said there are four types of men in the world. The man who knows and knows that he knows. He is wise, so consult him. The man who knows but doesn't know that he knows, help him not forget what he knows. And thirdly, the man who knows not and he knows that he knows not, teach him. And fourth, finally, there is the man who knows not but pretends that he knows. He is a fool, so avoid him. Knows, knows, knows. Paul said in 1 Corinthians 9, 26, I therefore so run, not as uncertainty, so fight I, not as one that beateth the air. I know what I'm doing. I know why I'm reading. I know why I'm praying. I know why I'm in church here tonight. I know why I'm worshiping God. I know where I'm headed. I'm not in doubt, none whatsoever. I know I'm going to a city called New Jerusalem. I know I'm going to see my Savior. Hallelujah. If you ask me how to be saved, I know I can open my Bible and point you to the verse, the chapter, and the line. So have a purpose in your reading. If you read junk mail, you're going to be a junkie. If you look at junk on the TV, you're going to be. That won't help you in your battle when, the, when, it, uh, when it gets rough. Amen. So hide the word of God away in your heart, in your life. The word of God should be the most important book you read. I know you've heard me say it many, many times in the past, what, 45 years? Has it been? You've been here 15 years? The past 45 years, read your Bible through every year. Read it through. Read it through. And that's not lip talk. I'm, I practice what I preach. Read it through. Memorize what you can of it. Because the time will come when you're going to need a word and you're going to remember it because you read it. You studied it. And God will recall it to you. Jesus said in John 5, 39, search the scriptures. For in them you think you have eternal life, and they are they which testify of me. The Word of God is our guide through turbulent times we find in this old world in our life's journey. And I tell you what, especially in the day that you and I are living right now, 
through this mess called COVID-19. The Word of God gives us resources of hope and assurance and peace. Amen. There are a lot of people that are getting so frustrated with being shut in, homebound. Open up the Bible, turn to the Psalms or places like that where there's so many words of, of promise and yes, peace. And you'll be, you'll be encouraged and strengthened. It's the Holy Spirit that will guide you if you will allow him to give us direction. As Paul in Romans 8, 14 said, as many as are led by the Spirit, as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. There are two voices in this world, in our life. One of the voices will tell you what to do that's right. But there is another voice that will come behind and tell you, no, don't do it that way. The Lord, I'm convinced, and until I'm convinced otherwise, I don't think it will be, but I'm convinced that when you have to make a decision, God will speak to you first. Amen. And if it's something that will edify your life, there's going to be another voice speak to you shortly thereafter. And he's going to say, don't do it. He's going to say, no, that'd be a mistake. And the good example of that is in the garden when God said, don't eat. And the devil said, go ahead. It's all right. It's all right. There's two voices. It's a good voice and there's a bad voice. So when God tells you something, when you feel impressed to do something, be, be encouraged to, to do it. What if I look embarrassed? So what? So what? What if somebody look at me? So what? Amen. If you feel impressed to do it, do it. And be obedient to the voice that you feel within you. Amen. And God will bless you for it. But again, watch out. The devil is going to come and tell you not to do it. But if we keep our flesh under control, if we allow our mind to listen to the voice of God, it will be God that will speak to us first and give us direction and we'll be strengthened for doing it. Amen. There's a couple of passages in the book of Acts where Paul was on his way to Rome. He was a prisoner on the ship and on his way to Rome where he would finally be judged and finally put to death. But anyways, on this, this ship, in Acts 27 and 10, he warns the captain because the weather was not favorable. And he, he said in that passage, Sirs, I perceive that this voyage will be with hurt and much damage, not only of the lading and ship, but also of our lives. But the captain wanted to get to Rome. He refused to listen to Paul. He was determined to make it to Rome. And later, as you know the story, they got into this terrible storm, Eurachlidon, it was called, the storm of the wind, and, and to where they hadn't seen the sun, moon, or stars for like 14 days. But in chapter 27 of, of Acts, verse 21, the Bible says, after long abstinence, Paul had been down in the hold of ship talking to God, and the Lord sent an angel down there to talk to him. But anyway, it says, Paul stood forth, in the midst of them and said, Sirs, you should have hearkened unto me and not have loosed from Crete and to have gained this harm and loss. How many, how many tonight are in shipwreck because they refused to listen to the pastor and the man of God? How many, how many have made ruin out of their lives 
too many people that have ignored the counsel advice. It, 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 it does take something for, for the man of God, the pastor of your, of your life, to tell you you shouldn't do this. It takes some grit to listen and, and say, well, I'm not going to then. If my man of God said I shouldn't do it, I'm not going to do it. He's in touch with God. I'm searching for God. I'm searching for an answer from God. And if he tells me, tells me not to do it, I'm not going to do it. And you know what? If I'm obedient, it puts it on him, the responsibility. So a tremendous responsibility rests upon the man of God for his instructions. Amen? That's why Paul said in, in uh, Ephesians 4, where he gave, said he gave gifts unto me and apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. And he says, for the edifying of the church till we all come to the knowledge and whatever. So listen to the man of God. Don't, you know, don't run off and say, well, I know as much as he does. Foolishness. Foolishness. I remember... Again, many years ago, we were in a place in the home of a pastor. And somebody, I don't know who it was, doesn't matter, but somebody got upset at him for something, mad at him. He came to his house. He didn't come in the house. He stood out in the yard, out in front of the porch there, uh, whatever, steps. And he started giving that pastor a what for. I mean, he was, he was just carrying on something terrible. And I stood there a while and watched him and listened to him. And finally, I, shut, I told him, I talked to him. I said something, I'll put it in my words now. I don't remember verbatim. But I told him, I said, I wouldn't be in your shoes. I wouldn't be in your shoes for what you are doing. This is, you know, this is your pastor. And here you are talking like that to the man of God. Amen. I wouldn't be in your shoes. I don't care if they had gold laces. I wouldn't be in your shoes. Don't say aught to the man of God, especially if you're young children. <clears throat> God might send some bears after you. <laughs> but anyway, Paul put it this way in Timothy 1:19, 1 Timothy, holding faith and a good conscience, which some having put away concerning faith, have made shipwreck, have made shipwreck. God help us. The Apostle Paul spoke of, of those kinds of people when he wrote in Romans 10 in verse 2. I bear them record. They have a zeal of God, but not according to knowledge. Amen. You know, you can get so carried away and so up in the air and so up to do that you think you know it all. And, 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 and you, you, you got everything in control and you got all this zeal. I'm going to set the world uh, on fire. Well, you better sit down for a while first. And, and let, your, let your pastor set you on fire. Give you some understanding. Without knowledge, our already acquired zeal would be misdirected. It's good to have zeal. Ooh, I'm, I'm glad to see excited people. Amen. I'd like to get excited once in a while. But if you don't have knowledge, you're going to run into a ditch. You're going to run. I'm saying you, not you, not you. But them. Those that's watching online out here. That's, 
If y'all don't straighten up, you're going to get in trouble. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> now, 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 you know, it, it's good to have zeal. I like, again, activity. Uh, Brother, Brother Pipkin, uh, like him again, he said something about wildfire. And uh, he said something to the effect that said, uh, you know, he, he, he'd, rather, he'd rather cool down somebody that's got a lot of wildfire as to try to warm up somebody that's dead. So if, if you got a lot of excitement, that's good. But let it be controlled by, by knowledge. Knowledge will help us to get up through this old world and do it the right way. There's also the danger that our zeal can become nothing more than wild fanaticism. And that's happened. We can become carried away with our zeal for the Lord to the point that we become a hindrance instead of a blessing. And that's happened. So our virtue needs to have a good supply of knowledge to direct us in the right way. Amen. Faith without knowledge uh, is another combination that is a willful and unmeaning thing. Something that can never guide men into light and truth. We need faith, but we need knowledge. And such a condition will pervert the will of God and the word of God. We, should, we could claim to have ever so much faith. That is, we're holier than thou. We're riches as some, uh, religious. As some people, or somebody said that they're so heavily minded, they're of no earthly good. Uh, but, you know, we have the Holy Ghost. We believe the word of God is true. But if we don't accept knowledge and instruction with our faith, we become a stumbling block. We make decisions that are not beneficial, not only to yourself, but not beneficial to your family, not beneficial to the church. What kind of light are we to the church? When people see us at Walmart or whatever, when people see us, do, do we, are we a good representative of MPC? Are we a good representative? Are we proud to be able to say to them, I go to Medora Pentecostal Church. My pastor's name is Tim Gill. Are we proud to say that? Or are we afraid to say that? If that's where you go to church. Anyway, well, anyway, we, we may uh, believe the word of God's true, but we need knowledge. Plato, another fellow many years ago, Plato said, Better to be unborn than untaught, for ignorance is the root of misfortune. Better never been born than to be untaught. This knowledge we're talking about, see how much time I, oh my goodness, is it that? The knowledge we're talking about covers three relations of life. First of all, number one, God. It covers a deeper knowledge of God that results in a fuller knowledge of self, which is number two. A knowledge will give a better understanding of what we are and who we are and what we're doing and why we're doing. And number three, it will, it will give us a better knowledge of God whom we serve. You'll know more about yourself. You'll know more about the word of God. And you'll know more about God because of his instruction in your life. I'm going to skip something here. Uh, Paul, uh, right, the Solomon in Ecclesiastes 12 and 12 said, uh, Further by these, my son, be admonished of making many books, there's no end. And a much study is a weariness of the flesh. 
Well, there it is. You can read and grow weary-eyed. Uh, you, you probably have, some of you, uh, stayed up late and read for many hours. Your text stayed up late and read books and trying to learn the, mess, the study so that you could pass it. And that's good. But we're not talking about studying about passing a test. We're start talking about the one who wrote the book to get a better knowledge of him. Amen. Amen. Four ways, let me hurriedly say, to acquire knowledge. We acquire our knowledge of God through the study of his word, through our communion with him in church as well as elsewhere. We cannot know God as we should without a knowledge of his word, for the Bible is the word of God speaking to us through printed form. And number two, we acquire knowledge of God by listening to what others have experienced uh, look at somebody that's been faithful for the year, through the years. What a great guide they could be for you. Number three, we acquire knowledge of God by listening to the preaching of the Word of God. Every time we come to church and every message that's preached from this pulpit, this lectern or the pulpit out in the uh, sanctuary, God has something for it in you, uh, for you, something in it for you. You can go home every service with something that has God has spoken to through the ministry that will be advantage to you. And number four, we acquire knowledge of God. Let me say again by the reading of our Bible, uh, emphasizing again John five thirty nine that we've already quoted. Study the scriptures, search the scriptures. For in them you think you have eternal life. John, Jesus said in John 8, 31, 32, If you continue in my word, then are you my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. I want to be free. Yes, sir. I want to be free. Amen. And, and let me skip on to 1 Peter chapter 3 and verse 15. Sanctify the Lord God in your hearts. Be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh you a reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. I know we've mentioned this, but let me reiterate uh, that the only way we're going to get the answers that Peter is talking about here is if we have put them in our heart, Amen. in our mind. So read the word, receive the word. Read it for yourself. Listen to it when it's preached from the pulpit, the man of God. And last but not least, amen. Thank you for being patient here and listening here. Remember the words of Peter in yet another place. 2 Peter 3, verses 17 and 18. Peter said, Ye therefore, beloved, seeing you know these things before, beware lest ye also, being led away with the error of the wicked, fall from your own steadfastness, but grow, grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To him be glory both now and forever. Amen. Amen. There are too many that started right but are not finishing right. There are too many that became too popular in this world and with their uh, abilities until they strayed too far from God's will. So 
God help us. Help us to, to cherish a hunger for knowledge. Will you stand, please? Help us to be hungry for the Word of God, that it be right up in the front when it comes to what we want to know, what we want to obtain, what we want to embrace. God, feed me. Feed me. Feed me. How's that song says, feed me till I won't no more? I don't know the rest of that song, but I remember that part. Feed me, feed me, give me knowledge, give me understanding. Because somebody's going to ask me out there in that old world about what I believe, where I go to church. And I want to be able to, if we had a Bible, I want to be able to open the Bible up and say, my friend, right here it tells you how to be baptized how to receive the Holy Ghost. Amen. I must, I must, I must, come on, Pastor. I'm Praise God. Let's give the Lord, Lord a great big hand. Thank you for listening to the MPC podcast. We trust that today's message has inspired you, encouraged you, and strengthened you in the Lord. We would like to invite you to join us again by simply subscribing to our podcast, and we encourage you to write a review if it has been a blessing to you. Again, you can find us at medorchurch.com to learn more about our ministry.